What up, world? It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Locked on Blazers, three days a week for the month of August, but whenever we got a show that's coming out, make sure it's your first listen every single day and tell your friends to do the same. We got a fun show for you today, some some news in the world, including a follow-up on our most recent episode. In the, in the most recent episode, we talked about the Blazers' decision to not send their broadcasters on the road. Well, they've already backtracked on that. We'll talk about that in the first segment. Then, Kevin Durant, back in Brooklyn. It has some ripple effects across the league. Let's talk about those ripple effects, find out how many of them touch the pond out here in Portland, Oregon. And then finally, KD's decision to stay in Brooklyn's got me thinking about loyalty. And when you think about loyalty in the Trailblazers, there's only one name that comes up. I want to talk a little bit about Damian Lillard and what it means for a superstar to be loyal in this day and age. That's what we'll do to close the show. But first, let's let's talk about it. As promised, the Blazers are going to send their broadcasters on the road a decision that at one point they had decided wasn't worth it is now worth it. Let's let's tease this out a little bit. Uh, if you missed the previous show, a show that I posted on Sunday was Monday's show. You're listening to Thursday, August 25th show. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you. If you're watching on YouTube, I appreciate you just the same. But in, in the prior show, you know, we kind of laid out the decision. The Blazers aren't going to send their TV teams. They're not going to send their radio teams on the road. And it's going to be worse for you, for you, the fan. It's just going to be worse. Uh, you can, some people tried to spin it for me some other ways, why it might be okay. Sure, it might be okay. Whatever. It would be worse. It's a worse viewing experience, a worse listening experience. It's worse. It'd just be worse. I, I will not be convinced any other way. The Blazers heard those complaints. I don't think they heard my complaints specifically, but there was a lot of public outcry, a lot of anger on the internet. I'm sure there were some some emails sent and all of those things. So uh, that show I published came out Sunday. On Monday evening, uh, the Blazers president on the business side, Dwayne Hankins, went on 620 radio onto onto the radio program that that first broke the news that that was happening with Chad Dewing and Dwight James. And said, you know, kind of discussed the decision, but he said, first and foremost, we're going to send our folks on the road. We're going to send our people on the road. It's the right decision. I don't think the Blazers get credit for making the decision, like for backtracking on a decision they shouldn't have made in the first place. But when an entity like this listens to its fans, at the very least, you can say, whew, thanks, because they don't have to. Like, they're, it's a money-making business, and and, and um, the people that make the biggest decisions are not public-facing, like um, the folks at Vulcan who make who sign the checks and make those decisions. They're not, they're not public-facing. You know, they're not going to do interviews. They're not going to have to listen to, um, I mean, they can maybe listen to the pod. Thanks for listening. Uh, but like, they don't have to hear the feedback. The person who hears the feedback is Dwayne Hankins, who he might make some decisions, but I would imagine the largest decisions come from a step above him. Certainly, he makes plenty of them. He's the damn president of the team. I'm not like, absconding him of all blame, but it's... They're the people who make the biggest financial decisions do not face public criticism the way that others do. So what you can say for the Blazers is, good on you for getting this right. 
bad, maybe, to get it so wrong in the first place. Uh, a little bit of detail here before uh, before we kind of drop this story is that uh, I had asked around, I said previously in the pod that I think um, that the back of the napkin mask suggested it was about half a million dollars, between 300000 and half a million dollars to travel the broadcast team. Uh, I, an estimate from someone who I trust and I think would know this type of thing said it's over 500 k like over half a million, probably pushing in some cases towards towards $1 million to travel the broadcast teams for the year. Uh, that's a that's a lot of money. Like, I, I don't mean to like poo-poo that as a lot of money. Certainly, um, I'll take it. But like, uh, it's a billion dollar entity. That's the price of doing business. It's the price of like providing a good con, pr- providing a good broadcast, both on the radio and television to your fans. That's the price. So if it's like, if we're talking seven hundred, eight hundred thousand dollars, close to a million bucks, like, yeah, yes, that is a big, big chunk of change for really expensive hotel rooms and all of those things for your folks to fly. That's also what the ask is for you, the fan. Spend money to provide me a good product because you're going to spend a bunch of money when you go to stadiums and all of those things like um, we should never or I will never on this podcast. You can do whatever you want. I will never on this podcast like applaud billionaires for saving money. Hell no. Let me be totally clear. Never. So while maybe I initially had underestimated about how much money the this decision was going to be, it's still the right move. I will also say that Dwayne Hankins going and doing this in a public way, going on the radio, making that announcement, is a good look for the Blazers. Like, it's a good look for them. When you screw something up, owning the screw-up in public is, is a good thing to do. So, uh, re- respect to Dwayne. Uh, uh, someone who I've dealt with a bunch in my 10 years around the team and is... Uh, a sharp dude I got a lot of respect for, and this was, um, you know, something that is the type of thing that you can respect. Uh, the decision in the first place, total nonsense. They shouldn't have put themselves in this position. They should have always planned to send their folks on the road and provide you, the fan of this basketball team, the best version of the basketball team they could. But the way they handled the screw-up, I think, was in, so- in many ways commendable. That's the end of this saga. I'm glad we don't have to talk about it. I'm glad we'll see Kevin and Lamar and Brooke in the stadiums. I'm glad that the people behind the scenes who make the broadcast possible will be there on the road to coordinate with their talent to do those things to make it happen. I'm glad the radio broadcast will be there too because Travis Demers' job is really hard to paint a picture of what's happening in the stadium if he is not in the stadium. So I'm happy that Travis will be on the road as well because again, you, the fan, will benefit from this decision. It's good news. It's not the big news of the week though. It's the, it's, the, it's the news of the Blazers week, but it's not the big news of the week. This is the only basketball podcast in the world that didn't lead with Kevin Durant. But that's just what we do here. This is a Blazers-focused podcast. You Blazers fans, let's hit you with y'all's news. Now let's zoom out a little bit. Kevin Durant is not going to be traded from the Brooklyn Nets for now. <laughs> Good on you, KD. You, um... Did you see the lights or did it just the reality hit you that this was the best plan all along? Let's talk about Kevin Durant's decision to return to the Nets in the second segment. But first, I want to tell you about driving safe. If you're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few brewskis, a few drinks, a few can become too many. And as the evening comes to an end, people start to head out. You might think of calling for a ride or, nah, you live nearby. You can make it home. It's no big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your car insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. 
Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on the road to save lives. So, if if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead. Get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right, let's keep rolling. Kevin Durant, back in Brooklyn. Good news for the Brooklyn Nets. Bad news for a couple other folks. Uh, If you are hearing this news for the first time on Locked on Blazers, well, I appreciate you for that. But you're probably not. So we'll do a quick recap of how that happens. Uh, Kevin Durant, back in June, prior to the start of free agency, requested a trade from uh, from the Brooklyn Nets. Said, trade me. I'm out of here. I'm entering a four-year, $194 million contract, but I'm done with this franchise. Get me out of here. That was kind of coupled with some beef with Kyrie Irving's situation where Irving wanted a long-term extension or a multi-year extension. The Nets weren't willing to do it. They let kind of Kyrie Irving go explore the trade market. There was no trade market for him. They He opted into his player option. Kyrie Irving now's situation, um, his situation is always uncertain, but it's some, some uncertainty there. Kevin Durant has some beef about the, maybe the way they treated his pal. He says, trade me, I'm out of here. They don't trade him because they can't find the right trade partner because it's not that simple because a Kevin Durant trade package is going to be gigantic. So it's going to take another team to give up a gigantic package to acquire one of the, you know, 20 best players in the history of the sport. Like Kevin Durant is fantastic. Doesn't happen. We get to August, early August, and Kevin Durant meets with the Brooklyn ownership group again and says, trade me or fire Steve Nash, the coach, and Sean Marks, the GM, and I'll come back. And Nets owner Joe Sy says, we support the coach. We support the front office. We're going to make the best decision, the decision that is in the best interest of the Brooklyn Nets. Cameron says, damn. Okay, I'm still going to try to make a trade. And there was plenty of, or try to force a trade. And there's plenty of speculation that's still going to happen. Still going to happen. That maybe he would hold out of training camp and all of these things, right? Then this week, earlier this week on Monday, it became clear that Kevin Durant, well, He's coming back to Brooklyn. It was announced. Uh, it was announced like via boardroom. His media company through the Nets. Truly, um, kind of a fascinating way that this. Uh, in for someone who has read a lot of team press releases in my life, a team press release written on the media company of the team star put out through the team to me, a media dork. It's pretty, pretty interesting. I found it pretty interesting, pretty fascinating how that stuff works. Um, you probably don't, but for me, someone who's done a lot of these things, uh, a notable path for that to go. We'll, we'll keep it like that. So Durant's back. Kyrie's back. They added some new parts. Uh, they're... They're imperfect, but still probably good enough to win an NBA title. Although I don't think they're the favorites to win an NBA title. But Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, they play 55 games together. Nets are going to be really good if they're healthy and available physically, mentally, emotionally in the playoffs. They're going to be a good basketball team. I probably wouldn't pick them to win the finals, but I would say that they're one of the teams that absolutely could. 
And Kevin Durant's return means Brooklyn is a championship contender. It means the ripple effects are found other places, right? Phoenix, who kind of was like holding out their off-season stuff, like they were kind of, their hand was forced to re-sign DeAndre Ayton when he was offered a contract by, uh, or offered a offer sheet, it's given an offer sheet with, with the Indiana Pacers, but like in general, they've kind of been sitting and waiting and seeing if they could get in on the Durant saga. The, the, obviously the Miami Heat have been involved. Uh, reportedly the Toronto Raptors wouldn't offer Scotty Barnes. The Boston Celtics wouldn't offer the package that included Marcus Smart and, and Robert Williams. Like, Teams called. They talked. Uh, apparently Memphis also kind of um, considered what a Kevin Durant trade would look like because they've got some parts to move, but they didn't want to trade Jaron Jackson Jr. or Desmond Bain, which is truly something. It's the ripple effects are that these other teams in the West, like for the Blazers purposes, Phoenix didn't get didn't add a, you know, one of the 10 best players in the NBA, five best players in the NBA. Memphis didn't add one of the five best players in the NBA. And Durant, who certainly may still end up getting traded at the trade deadline, who knows how long this happy marriage lasts in Brooklyn, is staying put in the East far away from the Blazers' concerns. They'll play him a couple times this year, but in terms of like Portland's push to be a, you know, whatever, second round playoff team, uh, competitive playoff team this year, Kevin Durant likely won't factor in. Or if he does, it'll be something we talk about in many months in February. I think that if nothing else, that the ripple effect matters because if Phoenix was going to be a team that was going to, you know, Phoenix is going to be really good this year, but they were going to take a crazy jump adding Kevin Durant, right? Like they were going to, they were going to get a lot better because Durant is very, very good. And the very, very good thing I think is a little bit interesting because Kevin Durant seems like a dude who is unhappy at work and maybe incapable of uh, finding happiness at his, with whatever employer it might be. In fact, I'm the same age as Kevin Durant. I see the sort of millennial angst of my peers reflected in Kevin Durant. He is someone who has been very successful at his job and yet seems very unfulfilled, which is a familiar feeling for folks of my age, uh, my in my age range. I, like, I don't totally get it because Kevin Durant's about to make $200 million over the next four years. I do not mean to equate my situation to his by any means, but like... Yeah, I, I can see being professionally successful and also unhappy. Uh, I know those people. I talk to them every day. These are my friends, right? Like, it's, it's, um, it is a real thing out there. But I think that this unhappiness, that the malcontent, the, the sort of the just general lack of, of just being unsettled in your space, even when you won all those damn games you won in Golden State. You go to Brooklyn, they bend over backwards to make it happen for you. They get Kyrie, they get DeAndre Ayton, they hire your guy and Steve Nash, they do all the things you'd want him to do. And you still are unhappy and angsty and, 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 and just um, unsettled, I think is, the, is the, the word I'll use here. I think his, Kevin Durant's unsettledness created a situation where teams who were going to trade for him were like, isn't he just going to be unhappy here? And if we give up everything for five first round picks and Marcus Smart and Robert Williams, isn't he just going to be unhappy here? If we give up four or five first round picks and Dylan Brooks and Zaire Williams and all this, isn't he just going to be unhappy here? And, um, you know, Phoenix is in a little bit different situation because one of their best players, Chris Paul's 37. So like, isn't he unhappy here? Well, whatever. Chris CP's going to be 40 by the time his contract ends. Like, we'll just, um, we're going to have to reset soon at any point regardless. I think, I think the asking price from Brooklyn 
because you're trading Kevin Durant with under a four-year contract, long-term team control, and Kevin Durant's just likelihood to be unsettled in his new destination truly drove down the price. That coupled with the previous asking price, or the previous trade package that Rudy Gobert had commanded, where it's like, well, you got to get more for Durant than they just got for Rudy Gobert. It totally jacked up the market. I think there's a chance that Kevin Durant staying put and a little bit of time in between these things will allow the market to kind of reset. I think other teams that maybe were considering a Durant chase, um, the non-Knicks teams, will consider a chase of Donovan Mitchell now, the sort of next star, because that's just kind of how the league works. They... People just bite around from next from one treat to another. The latest treat on the on your dessert tray is 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 Donovan Mitchell, and if you're willing to pay the price, you could have him on your roster. And I think Kevin Durant not going for a historic crazy haul will help reset the trade market a little bit. But regardless, I think it speaks to how hard it is for the team that is trading a star to find a package that fits their needs. And when a star doesn't have leverage and and Durant had lost a bunch of his leverage by virtue of signing that extension last year, when you don't have leverage, it can get into these messy spots. And the longer these things play out, it just makes more sense to Kevin Durant to go back, play nice, play ball. And then in February, if you're still upset, revisit trades because teams and all everything will change by february like that's the that's why the nba is so fun is because the whole timbre of the league will change by february the other ripple effect here is that and i think this is an important one is that the lakers were in the market for kyrie irving and i think kevin durant or i know kevin durant returning i don't know no but i know in my heart kevin durant returning kills the kyrie to to late to the lakers stuff like that was only going to happen if the nets were going to do like sort of a, a more aggressive reset and try to get like good in a different way because they don't own any of their future picks so they need to be good in a different way the lakers have to they either have to start camp with russell westbrook which seems like a mess or try to find him try to find a trade partner for him before camp opens in like a month um it's the i think this was good news for the blazers in a variety of ways because you know a couple west suitors didn't get better and the lakers who like kind of just need a shakeup, but were going to be in some ways at the whims of of another larger trade partner, be it Kyrie Irving, be it Kevin Durant, be it Donovan Mitchell, they find themselves in a slightly harder path to improve the roster. And I think the Lakers who are, you know, maybe better over like top end talent in the Blazers, certainly right in the Blazers range in terms of overall talent. Um, so them having struggles to get better, uh, good news for your Portland Trail Blazers. All of this, all of this, makes me appreciate, and I think you, Blazers fan, should appreciate what Damian Lord has meant to the franchise. He has been unsettled his own dang self, but has never gotten here. And I think through the lens of Kevin Durant and through the lens of Udonis Haslam committing to a 20th year with the Miami Heat or returning for a 20th year with the Miami Heat officially this week, it makes me think about Dame longevity and his future with the Blazers. Let's talk about all of that to close the show. But first, let me tell you about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest place to bet on all your sports action. More lines, more props, more odds than ever before. So go check it out. You, you can bet on all things Blazers, uh, all things NBA rather, whether it's NBA future bets or who makes the playoffs and all those things. If you don't want to bet on the NBA, you can bet on the MLB, which is, you know, 35 games left in its marathon season. You can bet on tennis. You can bet on soccer. You can bet on, uh, 
hockey as we ramp back up or into the in, into its uh, deep off season or its beginning of its regular season as well and its its deep off season as well. All of that available on Bet Online. So don't wait. Take advantage today. That's Bet Online where the game starts. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Lasers. The Kevin Durant saga has me thinking about Damian Lillard. And the other thing that has me thinking about Damian Lillard this week is Udonis Haslam. Udonis Haslam, UD, from Dade County. It's always been there. Miami's own. Decided this week to return to the Miami Heat for a 20th season, telling reporters that he had made a a promise to his father. His father had made a had set a goal for him: play 20 seasons in the league. And UD fulfilled that promise and is going to come back for what it, what sounds like a final year with the Miami Heat. Now you might debate what UD, what Udonis Haslam means to the Heat. But people around the Heat, who I know, um, who've worked with the organization stuff, say that it's like there is a difference, and Eric Spolster has mentioned this publicly, there's a difference between player and coach. And as soon as Udonis Haslam stops being a player and starts being a coach, the relationship is different. There is part of the culture that him returning for a 20th season, it's meaningful. It is meaningful for the folks at the end of the roster, for the undrafted guys who UD is going to talk to and be a a mentor for. He can do that as a player in a way that he couldn't necessarily do it as a coach. The debate over whether he deserves the roster spot is for someone else. Listen to Locked on Heat. Wes Goldberg and David Ramil, I'm sure, have that covered. But what it has me thinking is that Udonis Haslam, when he plays for the Heat, is going to join a special and select club along with two other players, to play 20 seasons with one team, along with Dirk Nowitzki, Kobe Bryant. That's a long career in one place that is so very rare in this day and age. You know, back in the day, uh, you know, even prior to prior to 2003, when the, when the sort of contracts change, you could sign... A long-term deal. Prior to 2011, the CBA, you could sign a like a seven-year deal still. In the 80s, Magic Johnson signed a 25-year deal. People were signing decade-long contracts. And, and not that that was necessarily always going to keep people places. Player movement has always been part of the league. Uh, see Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, you know, it's... It, and Wilt before him. And, and, and then Charles Barkley after in the, the sort of... A, player of that caliber in the 90s like it has happened and it has happened into the crazily into the 21st century um in many ways prompted by like the super loyalist kevin garnett changing teams from the minnesota timberwolves to the uh to the boston celtics and scaring lebron james into ever staying in one place for too long player movement is part of this league shorter term contracts you can't sign longer than five years part of this league and if you're signing as a free agent you can't sign longer than four years part of this league Player movement fuels the league. It is one of the most exciting parts of being a fan is watching your guy, you know, your team add a new guy, right? Free agency is the most popular time of the year for many fans. Uh, it, it in some ways outweighs basketball, the basketball part. But the guys who don't, the guys who buck that trend, it is incredibly rare incredibly rare and Udonis Haslam is is will join a a very very select group Kobe and Dirk are in another stratosphere compared to UD 
But somewhere in between those two points is Damien Lillard. One of the most loyal figures in the league, along with how it throw Steph Curry in that group and Giannis Antetokounmpo. We'll see what Giannis ends up doing, but Steph seems like a lock to play his entire career with the Golden State Warriors and a long career that, you know, started started with a draft pick where he maybe shouldn't have ended up there. But he's, you know, he's he's likely to end up a long, you know, 15, 18 year career with, with the Golden State Warriors. But Dame is on track to do the same. And Dame wasn't always... Uh, you know, last July, Dame was not on track to do this. The Blazers lose in June. Uh, there's a report from Henry Abbott of of, uh, of True Hoop that, that Dame Lillard was going to ask for a trade, and it was summarily rejected. Right? Dame said this is this is nonsense, and then he said and and, and he you know him and Henry went back and forth and all this right, and then Dame in a press conference in a U.S. Team USA press conference said. I haven't decided what my future will be. He said, I haven't asked for a trade. I'm not going to ask for a trade. That's a, that's, or I haven't asked for a trade. That's, that's nonsense. But I haven't decided what my future will be. You do not need inside sources. You do not need to talk to Dame. You do not need to talk to team executives and folks around the league to hear what he said. I haven't asked for a trade, but I haven't decided what my future will be. That was not that long ago. Fast forward a year, fast forward 13 months, 14 months from that moment where it was where I did a podcast titled, and you can see it, Damon Lord is planning his exit strategy because that's what it felt like. Because you could just hear what he said. He had never said things like that in the past. Tune done changed. The lead decision maker on the basketball side is gone. And Damon Lord has since signed a two-year hundred million dollar extension that will keep him here for 15 consecutive seasons to open his career should he play out the remainder of this contract and right now there's no reason to think he won't he's entering year 11 with the trailblazers and if he plays through this new extension the 26 27 season will be 15 years in the league to get to 20 that hallowed ground of 20 he'd have to play past his uh he'd have to enter the season at age 41 that's pretty old to play basketball. Pretty old to play NBA basketball. Uh, I think with, you know, technology advances, our understanding of sort of medical health and sports science, all those things, playing to 40 is not as wild as it once was, but 41 is 41. Like that's, <laughs> it is what it is. If you've run around uh, in your late 30s and early 40s playing basketball, it's a challenge. Just imagine what it's like for Damian Lillard. So, or what it might be like with all the miles he'll have on him. So, while speculating whether Dame will enter the Udonis Haslam, Kobe Bryant, Dirk Nowitzki club is is a little bit further out than we are right now. He's halfway there, entering year 11. I think it's worth, as a Blazer fan, here as we enter, you know, the ramp up to the season. Uh, in some ways, Labor Day weekend is kind of the go back to home base sort of uh, weekend for the for the league. And then by the end of September, everybody's back home and entering training camp. Uh, you know, preseason starts the first week of first couple days of October. Like, it's coming. But as we head there, as we head a week out from, as I'm recording this from, from Labor Day, I think it's worth reflecting on what could have been this year. It could have been a whole new world. And instead, it's a, it is a comforting and familiar world with Dame back 
and under contract for five seasons and and committed to a group that he can grow with, committed to a group that could grow around him with Anthony Simons and Shaden Sharp and, and Nazir Little. It's... It's special in this day and age of the league to have a a superstar of his caliber that is loyal to a market like Portland's. So while I do think it's a little overplayed, Dame's loyalty, I've I wrote a story about Dame's loyalty in in the newspaper almost ten years ago. It's been a thing we've talked about with him for a long time. Uh, I've like me personally have talked about him for a long time. I think it's a little overplayed and a little overdone. But I think it's real. Like, I think you've reached the point where where even Dame, who considered whether the grass might be greener somewhere else and met with LeBron James and Russell Westbrook at Le- or LeBron James and Anthony Davis at LeBron's house to discuss a potential partnership last summer. He considered it. He's back and he's committed. And because it is so rare this day and age, if you're here and listening to a Blazer podcast in late August, I think you should take a moment to be thankful for what Dame is and what Dame means to this franchise and what Dame means to you as a Blazers fan. Because it's special and it's unique, even if it is a little overplayed. This is a hold on to your joy moment. Life's hard. And if you have moments to be thankful and be joyful, to practice gratitude, you should do it. And Damon Lord being part of this franchise still, in light of all of the ways that other superstars in the league bounce around and, and um, you know, pull strings and all of those things. Be thankful for what Dame means to you and what Dame means to this franchise because he is unique. One of the few. One of the few. The, the, a small handful of guys in the league who you could claim are truly loyal to, to the soil, as they say, or as he has said. That's going to do it for today's show. Come back for Friday's show. Antonio Daniels is going to join the program. That's going to be a lot of fun. A guest, a former Blazer, former NBA player, and current uh, television analyst with the New Orleans Pelicans. Make sure you check that out. If uh, you missed shows earlier in the week, they're in your feed. We talked about the Blazers' uh, schedule and def- and the now non-story of the Blazers uh, potentially not sending their media members on the road. That one's waiting in your feed. We are going to get in next, begin next week with some player previews and all that stuff. So come back and join us. I appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.